Welcome to Savage Minds. I'm your host, Julian Vigo. Today's guest is Exulansik, a writer and content creator with a bachelor's in linguistics and gender and women's studies and a master's in speech language pathology. In addition to self-publishing on Substack, her articles on the gender identity movement and the challenges it poses to women's essential sex-based rights can be found in American Mind. She previously identified as a transgender man, but was able to resolve her gender dysphoria through long-term intensive talk therapy. I welcome Exulansik to Savage Minds. Now, I started to write about Jazz Jennings in 2017. I had great problems watching the show, even snippets of the show. And then quite ironically, I'm going to tell you straight out that your I Am Jazz's Waking Nightmare that does a rift on Jazz Jennings' reality TV show, I love, I find hysterical. Now, the irony is this. I find watching that show, not your show, watching the actual Jazz Jennings reality TV show, I Am Jazz, disgustingly nauseating. Like I have a problem watching more than a few minutes without having to turn it off or curse or make sure my children aren't coming down the stairs right away. <laughs> no, so many people tell me that. I hear that over and over again, that just, just uh, they, that there's no way to watch the show without the random interruptions and jokes and, and cultural references. It's like, you, it, otherwise it's, it's just too horrifying. You just feel like you're in hell. Exactly. And so watching your show makes it more palpable, even though I'm cracking yeah. up because when you do things like when Jazz is <laughs> reading from the messages on that dating app saying you're, you know, I guess someone called him a tranny and you said, mm. and then you put up a sock and said, that's Jazz's, Jazz's mom has a <laughs> sock. A sock. Yeah, yeah, Jeanette with a sock. And I laugh <laughs> and it's, it reminds me of, you remember uh, in the 90s, there was that mystery theater where, where they would show B film movies? A mystery science theater. That's it. Yeah, I love that. I used to watch that all the time. Well, that's what you're doing with transgenderism. It's brilliant. Mm. So let Thank me you. go back to this point of mine about colonialism, because it's sort of where I want us to kick off our discussion today. In 2017, I referred to it in a paragraph in a piece I wrote way back. I don't even know what the piece was on. And then I realized very quickly that we we're watching a modern or postmodern day freak show in the P.T. Barnum sense of the word. And we have to mm-hmm. all keep in mind that P.T. Barnum used the freak show to attract the masses to his circus. It wasn't that the actual show was the freakery. It was the way to get the people in to see the trapeze artist, to see the mustached woman, well, who was both an attraction and a freak, but to see these shows that wouldn't sell as much, jugglers, unicycles. And what's interesting is that the freaks were the advertisement. And this is no mystery that they're using Jazz Jennings like this, because we have to recall that Barnum is considered the high priest of modern day advertising, right? He exploited Hmm. people in ways that today would result in imprisonment, such as his treatment of the dwarf billed as General Tom Thumb, who was actually four years of age, but Barnum lied and said he was 11. And then you have the freak shows and fairs across Europe and North America that were used to exploit people shipped into Western cities and Western nations, such as Sarah Bartman, who was born in around 1789-1790, a woman from the Kosa Kingdom, which is today in South Africa. She Mm -hmm. was exhibited as a freak show attraction in the 19th century Europe under the name of Hottentot Venus, trafficked and sexually exploited in freak shows because of her body. And she died at the age of 26 in France. Then you have, in 1905, the American showman Truman Hunt, who persuaded 50 members, 5-0, of the Bontoc Igorote tribe from the Philippines to leave their homeland 
in the far north of the Philippines and travel with them to America. He took them to the Tacony Island and instructed them to put on a tribal show and return for $15 a month. And these were considered human zoos, and they were not mm. uncommon in 1905. So mm -hmm. when I think about this, and I think about my work in the 1990s, working on post-colonialism, the 1990s was replete in academia with criticisms of this form of exploitation of human life, not least of which is Rosemary Thompson's wonderful 1996 book called Freakery, or Marlon Fuentes' 1994 docudrama called The Bontac Eulogy, where the narrator speculates on the disappearance of both his grandparents, tracing their disappearance to the St. Louis World's Fair. And here we have TLC producing what can only be described as a postmodern freak show, and everyone, not just us spectators, but the producers, the boom operators, the PAs, the script writers are complicit. And I find it horrible that this was even made. So watching your take on jazz, to me, it makes me feel comic relief. Let's just start there. And it's hysterical. Yeah. But you make really trenchant social commentary that's necessary. And let's begin with the scripting. This show, and I haven't watched a lot of reality TV because it's not my genre. I really can't stand it. But this is much more scripted than anything else I've ever seen in my life. Mm hmm. I mean, you can tell when it's scripted because uh, Jazz has a, a, a lot of fluency issues when he speaks off the cuff. But when he's repeating lines that have been fed to him, he doesn't. And you can see him kind of like tapping his foot sometimes or tapping his hand to try to, to keep up with remembering and, and reiterating what is, he's just been told. Um, but the rest of the time, he, make, he, you can, he makes noticeable speech errors in formulated speech versus uh, repeat, repeated speech, which is a lot clearer, or, which is scripted. So like whenever they do the cutaway and he's like talking about footage from from previously it's like you can you can and i think they do that with all the cast members but it's especially prominent with jazz that, that they he might be saying other stuff but then they feed him back like this is how you need to summarize it and then he'll just repeat it to them and he has he has uh, disfluency so he'll make speech errors um and and uh, uh including um like speech sound errors as well as uh uh revisions and and stuttering and and things of that nature and those are a lot more prominent um when he's formulating the language meaning when he's he's actually generating the language in the moment as he speaks uh and then when he's not doing that when he's repeating something that he's heard then it's a lot clearer because he's not having he's not distracted by the process of formulating his speech as he talks so it's it's a lot smoother but you can you can see that he's he's repeating something that he's heard that they fed to him there are so many scenes where you, I'm sorry, I was laughing and I mm -hmm. had to watch it. Well, first I had to listen to it while I was cooking. And as I was listening to the misgendered turtle episode. <laughs> that went viral. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I was laughing so hard. And then when the mother is, you go off on a lot of, uh, on the mother because I, mm -hmm. I really love what you do because you basically name her as a perpetrator, a criminal, someone who's destroyed her son's body. And then mm -hmm. there's a scene, you know, the mother's like uh, obsessed with knowing and tracking her children who are adults. I mean, yeah. it's beyond the trans issue. The woman Cut needs- the cord. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then that scene where Jazz is in front of the rainbow flag. He's standing there and his brother's filming him, giving him lines, feeding him lines, and Jazz is repeating it. And you you do this wonderful line, and I'm just going to read it for our listeners. 
you go back to you, you clip back to you, cut back to you, and you say, Jazz is a little boy who is not allowed to grow up and who was groomed for the purpose of legislative action and other activism. He was castrated mm-hmm. for the purpose of propaganda so he could do things like this when he got older and he's too immature to see it. <gasps> now, this this is what I love about your show. It goes from I'm dying, cracking up, and my kids are like, <laughs> "Mommy, what's funny?" And I'm like, "Oh God, this is too." And then you go into really excellent political analysis. A lot of people, of course, are going to be like, "What do you mean?" I just did a piece on the Dylan Mulvaney sideshow. Mm-hmm. I analyze all the media interests in there with the help of a person who does work in advertising. And there's a lot of messaging and branding in these reality TV shows that people are not aware. And Jazz Jennings is himself a brand for DIY, what to do when you, you've got a, a problem child. It's almost as if we jumped from, remember every kid in the 90s was on Ritalin and had ADHD? And those those drugs can cause, uh, especially Adderall, can they, they can induce the problems they're supposed to treat. So after a while, you know, what, what actually is the problem? And you have also uh, the following life of these individuals, oftentimes gone unexamined in terms of clinical trials. Like what happens when you've been on these drugs for a decade? What happens right. then to your mental health? And you and I both know that the American medical industry is entirely buttressed by the pharmaceutical industry, unlike many countries in the EU or even in Mexico. Mexico's healthcare system got very little camera time when Obamacare was being discussed. But there are a lot of healthcare systems around the world that work without that model, where Mm. in fact, talk therapy is the go-to, not take a pill. How do you see the scripting of what TLC has created here for the viewer as being part of, I'm just going to requote you here, that Jazz was groomed for the purposes of legislative action. You're going to have a lot of viewers that won't see that leap. I see it. I don't. It's not okay. even a leap. You've traced the dots. I mean, we've seen it before. Children were, were groomed for the purposes of being castrati. So I don't know why it would be too much of a leap. Like it's it's. Um, he he is a child who was put on this very experimental regimen of uh, drugs you know, when he was an adolescent in order to suppress his adolescence and then to modify his body cosmetically in various ways so that he resembled a female. Uh, and now um, when that had a predictable, like catastrophic effects of it, you know, they kind of tweaked it, but they didn't take him off the drugs and they just started adding pharmaceuticals. And supposedly, I think they said in the show that he's on like, he's, he's on multiple pharmaceuticals. And in a lot of the shots, he's like clearly doped up and, and like slurring his words and out of it, they'll zoom in on the pill case. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's all like he's, he's just been presented as, as, as a child who's, whose life is somehow being saved by all these interventions that are, that are really have destroyed any quality of life that he might have had otherwise if you compare him to his brothers. So it's like it's, 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 it's a microcosm of, of what happens when you let the American medical industry define a healthy person as sick in order to make money. And they've uh, uh, coached him and groomed him all these years, you know, and, and that's that's been caught in the show so many times of, of Jeanette explicitly telling him, don't talk about the complications to the interviewer uh, and otherwise uh, grooming him and getting him to to um, ad lib uh, speeches about why, uh, you know, why this is good for him, even if when he's off the cuff, he's saying the exact opposite. So in, in the misgendered turtle episode. 
there was the part where he said, uh, uh, I would just want to feel like myself and I don't feel like myself ever. And that, that was the clip that kind of went viral. Um, and then that's, that's in sharp contrast to like the scene in season seven, where he was asked, you know, how do you feel about having in the vaginoplasty? And, and he was in front of a crowd and he gave the speech about how I finally feel like I'm in my body. It's perfect. So it's like you, you have what he's been coached to say that he's been, that they've depicted the coaching and, and, and then you have his actual feelings and, and there, there's, there's a, a, a struggle there that they're trying to medicate away and defining that, that conflict, which is a very human conflict as a pathology when it's just predictable. And yes, I agree. And aside from medicating away, there's the elephant in the room, which you point to, I believe it was that, I don't know if it was that episode. I'll just tell you what happened. It was when Jeanette is crying about her children growing up and she doesn't want them to ever leave. Mm -hmm. And that's why she tracks them. And you cut to yourself (laughs) saying, well, you, you sort of point out the irony that she can cry about her children when Jazz will never have any children of his own. And right. you lay right into her. It's so good. <gasps> I have I've, <laughs> I I beefed up on your episodes because I have very little time to follow many shows, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be uh, now addicted to your show because it's it's so funny. I'm sorry. I just I, sometimes I'm breaking out laughing by your retorts to this insane woman because she's completely detached her son's life serves both her ego and her pocket you point this out you demonstrate oh my god the family jewels you said (laughs) yeah you traded your son's family jewels for the family jewels yeah i mean my god that was so good and there she is worried about thieves and in another scene or another episode they're talking about uh when children should be old enough for a certain kind of surgery was it breast augmentation i can't remember and there was no irony on the fact that she had her son's penis removed none (laughs) none and then she was like you don't even have a penis and he's like i did used to have a penis it's like yes you did jazz jaron like he, he he dead named himself in one of the episodes in season eight he dead named himself. He said, remember when I used to be Jaron? That's funny when you also point out the transphobia. When you when you point to Jazz and said, now that he's had the surgery, he feels like a real woman. And you were like, wait, mm. isn't that transphobic? Isn't right. that to say that people who haven't had bottom surgery aren't real women? You point out throughout the... And it's just this great deadpan you have. I, it's so perfect <laughs> that you are able to cut through the bullshit of this. Now... Here's my next question. Despite the fact that this is so scripted, you've pointed out, as you just mentioned now, the dissonance between what he says when he goes off script and what he says when he's on script. And you even said in several of your episodes, is is there ever a moment when Jazz isn't talking about his vagina? Yeah. When he's not, like, is not the, the MO of this show to promote his quote unquote vagina? Yeah. It's worth questioning because how much traction now in its eighth season will the show have it built up for many seasons to the chop chop what season was the chop chop in was it the seventh i think it or was the five the end of the end oh, of season five. five yeah oh my god so they've really now spent all these other seasons dealing with the complications right of his quote unquote i don't even like to use these words because vaginoplasty is another bullshit term that i i have to question I call it a faux like F A U S. Yeah, a faux vagina. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I think that's it. A faux vagina plasty. Mm-hmm. And the basic 
mutilation of a person's body. And it's not only about having your own children. This is about having sexual sensation. Right. Because how old was Jazz when his body was taken from him? He was he was 17 and a half. And a lot of times trans activists will try to deny that. And, and you know, I'll pull up news articles that were contemporary from many sources and that he was clearly 17 because they wanted to get it done before he went off to college in the fall and his birthday is in October. So they had it done the summer before he turned 18. And, and usually if once, once you get them to concede that, yes, this was done to him when he was 17, they'll say, well, he's, he was almost 18. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess, I guess it's fine then. That's how time works. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's sexual predator logic. This is the larger scope where a lot of people, again, the same people will understand your critique of how he was used for legislative purposes. A lot of people don't get the predatory sexualization criticisms. Can you go over that? Because a lot of people, even men on our side, think that feminists are just out to toot a certain horn hmm. about how all men are predators. And, and there's something else going on here. This isn't even about all men, because the biggest perpetrator in Jazz Jennings' life is his mother. Right. Yeah. So so uh, there's there's another uh, kid, I can't remember his name, but I feature him in, in uh, um, uh, it's an episode, I think it's called uh, um, Fractal Jazz's Waking Nightmare. And the idea is like that, that they're reading his book and becoming like him. Uh, and so there, there was a, a kid like that who was uh, said that he'd read that I am jazz book and then decided he was a girl at 14. And so he's, he's in that episode. Well, he's 22 now and he's doing sex work. So, you know, that pipeline is just there. They've been encouraging jazz, like to in, in the season finale, they, they, they said they had jazz giving massages to his brothers and talking about how he should add a happy ending and he should be giving these massages to partners. Uh, they, they had another person in the season eight who also was uh, put on this track when, when he was like 13 uh, and was featured in earlier seasons uh, talking about how he was going to get breast implants and then go be a, a frisky model. And Jeanette was like, oh, great idea. That's a great way to fund your life. So it's, it's just it's just a child transition to sex work pipeline. And drag is a big part of it. Drag is a way to make money to pay for the surgeries explicitly. It's a, there, I have an episode called Dragnet where I get into that and how, how it's featured on I Am Jazz. This is, I'm sorry, I'm very shocked. I have not watched, uh, obviously, all the episodes of, of this show because, again, I repeat, I find it nauseating. Mm -hmm. I haven't even watched them all. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's nauseating just hearing what you've just said. Well, I was thinking also in terms of the predatory nature of the film itself, of the teleseries, I'm thinking about the symbolic predation and even the symbolic sexualization, not necessarily just sex work. Of course, what you just said is a component, but I'm thinking about how viewers watching this and i i mean people who will have watched jazz from early teens be sexualized and how they sexualize him because this was a child who was put on screen for the purposes of our the audience our use and abuse we were the ones mm -hmm. who were put there to say oh well he must be in the wrong body and we were there to sympathize with the pathos of his anguish yeah. his mother and his father's anguish and this is all scripted so all of this anguish was completely framed around this notion 
We saw it. The jazz was in the wrong body. I mean, these were terms that were used. Even, oh my God, Jeanette the other day was like, in one of these last episodes you've done, you showed a clip of Jeanette saying how he was in the wrong body and needed to get the right hormones in him because the wrong hormones were in him. And you said that Jeanette's saying that he just needed to get back to his real body and he just needed to, you know, basically saying that he needed to be castrated to find his real body is mm -hmm. saying like male pattern baldness is genetic. They were. She was skipping across the fact that this was all fake. There was no reality behind any of this. Oh yeah, I think it was. It was because Jazz was talking about how um, his his breasts were 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 large like his mother's because of genes. I was like, I don't think that's how it happened, Jazz. I don't think that's why you have breasts. Yes. Well, this is this is the Mr. Potato Head notion of bodies. Uh, if only Jeanette had an MD, we'd all be safe, right? Mm -hmm. And it's really torturous to see. Oh God, Jeanette MD. That would be terrifying. <laughs> her with a prescription pad. She'd be worse than Dr. Gallagher. But her actions, not just on the show. I infiltrated a Facebook group she started, you know, and she had tens cool. of thousands on that group. She has affected wow. a social contagion herself completely mm -hmm. on her own. I'm sure she had people helping her with the Facebook group because it exploded about eight years ago. Why on earth have social services not stepped in? You watch five seconds of that woman speaking and you're thinking these children were not safe with her at all. No, it's, 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 it's disturbing. This was all on TV broadcast like nationally for, for years and years that they were doing this to this perfectly healthy child. They were, they were they were saying yes you know your 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 body is just wrong and so we need to to drug you I mean they had an episode where he he started to see that he was developing some uh, armpit hair hair and they they made it a medical problem that a, that an adolescent was getting armpit hair as if as if females don't have that so they rushed him to the doctor to make sure his testosterone levels were zero so that that would stop this is awful you know I I truly believe that they conditioned him using just simple, like, like uh, there's a, an experiment called little Albert where they conditioned a baby to be, to fear rabbits by uh, just associating them with scary things. And so I, it's not hard to condition a child to fear beards and to fear mustaches, and then to convince the child that that fear came out of nowhere and they didn't do it because the child was too young to understand that they were doing it on purpose in order to, to shape him in the way that they wanted and then lie about where it came from because they're very abusive. It's, it's narcissistic abuse. And did any episode show a little pushback from the family that you've seen? Because when I saw the grandparents looking, <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm so sorry, but this whole dating app nonsense and involving the whole family and the mother insisting that the son go with J the other son go with jazz on the day. <laughs> and then the grandparents are shaking their heads and I, what the hell is this family? Yeah, it's 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 very uh, uh, you know emotionally incestuous. I think is the only way you can describe it. Like there's there's no reason for them to be all all involved in that. I mean, just in in, in the Dragnet episode too, it got very very sexual, needlessly sexual. All the jokes about Jazz getting involved in sex work, just the fact that everybody. I mean, they had a penis cake party. There's a penis cake party episode for when when he got the vaginoplasty, and and they had a big penis cake that they like cut up. To symbolize him, him getting cut up, they they called it um, his his stunted genitalia uh, caterpillar, and said so that after the vaginoplasty he would have a butterfly. And they're all just having this conversation out in the open with the seventeen year old, and it's like we're, we we've created a situation where it's somehow appropriate to extensively discuss and and actively interfere with the development of a child's genitals.
Like it's, 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 it's wild. Like that, that these people are not in prison and they, they trafficked him around for, to all these doctors to, to gawk at it too. And they, they would film him being alone with these doctors who would, who would just be like marveling behind closed door at how small his genitals were because they stunted it. I remember reading and seeing some clips about the problems in doing the vaginoplasty that turned into, because at the end he didn't go right to university, did he? Well, he, he went and then he, he dropped out in, in some sort of, uh, um, it's it's due to mental health reasons that they never really go into. Um, And then he was home for like a year or so during COVID. And then he um, had to go back. But part of going back for some reason was that he had to, he had to show that he could work full time. And so he did this internship with Dr. Gallagher that began with a pelvic exam. So it's like, can you, like, can you imagine that, that job interview where where your, your employer gives you a pelvic exam and then hires you? It's like, uh, the employer had to do a pelvic exam for him to get a job. Yeah, yeah, because the he, he they, they the show set him up with Dr. Gallagher, who who dudes uh, is on TikTok uh, and advertising um, what she calls Tita's deletus, in other words, top surgery mastectomy, and so she she does this on on all sorts of people and has been uh, accused of some some really awful um, maltreatment of certain patients who aren't aren't connected to the show at all. Um, and there's there's photos of her with uh, people who who clearly have self harm scars. Um, and it's, it's just, uh, so that, that, that internship began with her giving him a public exam. And, and then after that, he, she offered him, um, a, a job as an intern. And, and then he had to participate, he had to do that in order to be able to go back to Harvard. So it's like, what kind of situation is this for him? Like, why, why would, why would they have him, her do, do the, the vaginoplasty except to like, kind of you know, as the initiation to show that, that you're going to be cool, right? You're not, you're not going to, you're not going to spoil this. So it's like every, every adult in his life, it seems he's been given the impression has, has some reasonable right to like access his genitalia because he's trans. It's very, very, very sick and organized. I'm sorry to ask. I still am a little miffed as to how it mm-hmm. is even legal to give a public exam as part of a job interview. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm lost. I mean, they, 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 it's because she's, she's a trans doctor, I guess. And so, so they're, yeah, I don't, I don't know how it's, it would be legal. I don't, I don't get it because, you know, you wonder what else is going on behind, behind closed doors. It was so inappropriate for, for, for that to happen, but it, it seems like they just kind of do that to, to establish um, a certain dynamic. But what was the job description? Um, he was, he was like a, a, an intern that was like, uh, he, he did various Things like um, I, he, he participated somehow in a surgery in, in, in the season finale um, and, and uh, was otherwise interacting with patients who were there to get various surgeries and as, as like a trans person that, that could make it easier for them to feel comfortable and, and feel like it was a safe place somehow. He like folded shirts and stuff. And, you know, he just kind of like it ranged from 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 um, gopher type tasks to. Um, actively being involved in in medical procedures with no training all all of it was heinously inappropriate as as it was presented on the show well it seems like the public exam was bullshit then i mean i, I actually i've never heard yeah. of a job where you need to have a public exam to have the job it was shocking to me that 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 they went and they, they had them do a public exam and then they were like well okay so we'll give you an internship so that you can go back to school and then he went back to school but then he stopped because of all these complications right so he, so he went to school and then he dropped out and then he was out for like a year with uh, getting a hundred pounds. Um, and then he, he did this internship and then Harvard accepted him back. Um, 
they they tried to like take him to a dietitian, but if he, he wasn't allowed to see the dietitian alone, I'm I'm assuming it's because the dietitian didn't want to give him a pelvic exam, and so the, the this culty organization didn't trust her. But for whatever reason, he wasn't allowed to actually form a relationship with with a with a um, dietitian, and um, they of course you know mocked him for leaving his dilator gel out during one of those episodes. And then anyway, but Harvard eventually let him back in. So he goes off to Harvard for a year. He actually was doing kind of well. It seemed he, he visibly lost some weight and then he came back from this for the summer to do this uh, season eight. He did have though many complications. As I recalled, weren't there several surgeries to try and correct the faux vaginoplasty? Yeah. Um, I, uh, I believe he had, he had the original vaginoplasty in June of 2018. And then he had a follow-up vaginoplasty that December um, and then he had a, a third one, uh, the following year to try to, 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 correct some things. Uh, basically there wasn't enough tissue to work with because of the puberty blockers. And so they had to take very large skin grafts from his thigh to try to like pothole it up. Um, and then, uh, I, you have to, you have to wonder whether the overeating wasn't in part a way to stop the surgeries just by making it medically dangerous to operate on them, making it hard to anesthetize. He gained how many kilos or pounds? It was incredible. His he was very thin and became very obese. Yeah, at, at the start of um, season seven, he was. They said he was two hundred and thirty-four pounds. Um, and at the start of season eight, they said he had lost twenty-five pounds. But he he at, even at the start of season eight, he looked heavier than he was at the start of season seven. So I, I they didn't they kind of stopped mentioning his actual weight. To me, there's something really devastating about the fact that this was allowed to happen on camera. Were there no lawmakers, nobody, no one called child services, nothing? Were there any any of the producers or the stagehands who were involved? I mean, they filmed the surgery. Yes. That's what's really wild to me. And they, they filmed these these two surgeons, Dr. Justing, which come on, that, that that name is obviously a joke. Dr. Justing? Are you are we kidding? Like he's he's laughing. He's laughing at us. And then there's Dr. Marcy Bowers, who's with WPATH. And the two of them are arguing about wh- where, whether whether something is a scar or um, a sulcus, whether it's just it's just a vulvar sulcus. You know, like we shouldn't we shouldn't cut it here. And, and one of them said, "Why would why would you cut that if you don't need to cut that?" And it's like, "Yeah, exactly. What what are any of you doing? Why why are you here right now? Why did you cut that? You didn't need to cut that." You know, and it's just um, I I don't understand why they're not in prison. Uh, Dr. Marcy Bowers also um, and WPATH in general have been openly cavorting with something called the Unic Archives, which is, is a, a castration fetish website and incorporating along with Dr. Gallagher, this concept of eunuch gender identity, which I've also seen some, some self-purported uh, pastors on TikTok saying like, well, the Bible talks about eunuchs, you know, it's, it's a valid gender identity. Some people just are eunuchs and, and that they're holier actually. And so it's just like, do we not see what's going on? How, how, how is this confusing? What's going on? They, they wanted to castrate a kid. Because they like thinking about that kind of thing and seeing what would happen. And that's what they did. And the the eunuch experiment that I've been reading about, not just from those archives, but elsewhere, there are, there's are there been now a push even amongst WPATH to recognize this as a new identity. Yeah. There's some people just, just to have eunuch gender identity. And so therefore, it's okay to remove their genitals and make, make their identity a reality damn the consequences. And is this being pushed from certain lobby groups? Because obviously, kids who are prone to being caught up in a mass cultural hysteria 
we'll go along with it. This is the irony is you have kids, you even have girls. I, there was a story about eight years ago or so of a girl who got pregnant because she thought her girlfriend, who was basically a man with a trans identity, was a girl. She got mm. pregnant, like, duh, he has a penis. It's a man. Is this Oh, yeah. Similar? Yeah, the, uh, yeah. She's come undone in the accidental seahorse episodes. Uh, where, where this this uh, woman was like, we didn't even think that was possible. Why didn't you think it was possible? A man was putting his penis in your vagina. Like, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> and so that 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 child has um, now since developed a, um, something called plagiocephaly, and that's that's where where your skull is misshapen, and so there's like you, it can be congenital because we know this child was exposed to um, a teratogen, a drug that causes birth defects. Um, or it can be a result of neglect. And we know that this is a baby where, where the mom's on TikTok complaining about it all the time, glaring at it, talking about how it's been screaming for four hours straight. And, and um, so it's, 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 it's not clear exactly what caused this, but, but it, it could go either way. And, and, and in my opinion, the child is not moving in the way that I would expect a baby of that age to move. And I made a lot of comments on it. She would like touch its mouth and it would not display reflexes you would expect to be there at that age. Or they'd be somehow abnormal, like like you're, they're supposed to try to find the nipples. They're supposed to move their face towards the, the the touch on the side of their cheek, and this baby was like moving away in response to that. So it was just not something. Something was off. Well, in another episode, you talked about how the perversity of Jazz's mother penetrating her son. And now I believe yeah. this is in what was this in reference to? I thought it was in reference to dilation, but then I thought maybe I'd missed something. No, yeah, it was it was in reference to dilation uh, where she was she was out drunk at a brunch one time with her, her buddies. Uh, I think one of whom was the gender therapist who originally got them on this idea. Who's I, I believe Jeanette's cousin. Um, and so they, they were out and, and she was just talking about how jazz is so bad because jazz doesn't always dilate normally and, and jazz sleeps all the time. And so she will wake up jazz in the middle of the night and say, here, you put this in your vagina or I will. And she did that. That's what she was bragging about doing. Yeah. She said that she had done that. Oh my God. And, and this is something where he would be needing to, because she was like, if that thing closes up, I'm going to be so mad. That's what the mother said. Yeah. That's what the mother said on, on camera. I, I include that clip in a lot of episodes So because it's just like, <laughs> why is she not in jail? I, I don't understand. So she's basically keeping her son as like this experimental garden project. <laughs> she like, you yeah. know, water the petunias. Uh, this is insane. It's total Munchausen's. It's, it's she, she, she has induced uh, and, and created this illusion of illness in a child in order to justify unnecessary experiments in order to get uh, an unnecessary medical procedures in order to get attention for herself. And now she's controlling him via this, this like extreme sexual abuse. Uh, how much more extreme can you get? Well, that's pretty um, insane because it's not just Munchausen, but it's, it's actually projecting again for the wider viewership, this boy as exploitable sexually, and she's the surrogate of that for the viewer. So yeah, of course, you're going to have I mean, Jess Jennings is going to face a lifetime of being objectified by some very creepy men mm -hmm. who will recognize him on the street, and will even feign interest. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Some of the episodes where Jazz thinks people are actually being sincere. I loved it when yeah. one guy responded and you said something like, maybe it's because he has a contract, right? Because yeah. all these people are being paid. Right. That's, that's my belief. And, and, and so um, Jeanette, or Jazz, Jazz thinks that he passes, that, that, that some people don't know that he's trans, even though he's Jazz Jennings. Um, and, and, uh, Jeanette was talking in, uh, this season about how, um, you know, she's fully aware 
that that a lot of men fetishize uh trans women was talking about how the um the one that that's that's planning to get the breast implants and do frisky modeling she was like you know a lot of guys like like it when you don't have the bottom you haven't had bottom surgery yet she's she's a fetishist she's thought about it she talked about dating other fetishists in the past and like like talking about having her toes sucked which uh, i i still vomit from time to time when i remember that this mother's insane but what about the father his role's very different but yet he's the somehow right. silent guilty partner because he has agency right yeah my, my understanding is that he's he's uh, some sort of a, an attorney uh and and so i i do believe that that um he is enjoying it as, as much as she is to an extent he does seem to to be able to relate to jazz on an emotional level more effectively than Jeanette. But, you know, obviously this wouldn't be going on if, if he didn't also like enjoy it on some level. So, 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 so I feel like he, he's, he's deeply twisted and he likes playing the role of being emotionally supportive while knowing that he has complete control over this person and he's the cause of their suffering. I don't, I don't like Greg either. It's all very bizarre how now at the latest season that you've shown on your show, it seems well. Not all the children are present. What's happened to the other children? Uh, Ari, the the older sister, um, is off at college, getting a, a or graduate school, getting her PhD in psychology. Uh, and then the the, the, <laughs> the twins, irony. Uh, right? I would love to read her thesis um, because they, yeah, all, all these people are like, oh, Jeanette just really wanted a daughter. It's like she has a daughter. She's got a daughter, but she there there was no pretext to be able to sexually abuse the daughter. So she had to make her son a daughter so that there was a pseudo medical reason to, to abuse him. Um, but the, yeah, the, 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 the twins um, are, who are identical twins, by the way, even though they look different, they had a, um, a condition during their gestation that, that led them to look different. Um, one of them is uh, I believe also either an attorney or in law school. And then uh, the other one, Sander is a, um, I, I, so I, I, I refer to Sander and then I refer to the other one um, who I believe his name is Griffin, but I just call him like backup Sander or boot disc Sander or, or um, you know, um, knockoff Sander, dollar store Sander. It's like, I, I don't like him. He's, he's forgettable. Uh, I don't like either of them, but yeah. Uh, uh, so Sander's got like some master master's degree in social media or something. And so he's, he's kind of just really been groomed to be jazz's minder and jazz's promoter, jazz's agent. Yeah, I mean Xander is completely there. He's he's like uh, the oh I forgot his name the actor from uh, Blow Up who's taking pictures of Vanessa Redgrave who's like give it to me give it to me and he's like playing that role. I'm sorry, but I love that film. David Hemming, that's his name, I believe. Mm. And uh, so yeah, Xander's David Hemming, and Jazz is most definitely not Vanessa Redgrave. And this is where the perverse theater starts. Where do you see this all heading? Is there going to be a next season, a season nine? Uh, I, I would imagine that there is. Um, I, I don't see any reason for them to stop unless he, he like dies. But I, I think that that he that it's been made clear to him, you know, that, that if he actually got off of this train, that that would that would, like he 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 would be hurting the family. It would lead to family rejection. And I think it's it's gradually starting to dawn on him you know, what, what he's lost. I think that because he, he, he has all these complications and mental health issues, he's doesn't believe that he's, he would be able to even like function on his own outside of this, this controlling dynamic, you know, they've really crippled him. Aside from these moments, when you notice the dissonance between the scripted and the non-scripted, 
Are there moments that the seasons at certain points have been able to pull up that show his actual desperation? I mean, I simply cannot see around the Chop Chop episode, but what was his reaction when he was told that the vagina wouldn't function? And then there were all of these rather grotesque repercussions from that as well. When I say grotesque, I just mean the human body reacting very badly to someone trying to manipulate it. I mean, they, they said it in an episode last season, they claimed that he had l- somehow lost his virginity, even though he didn't have a love interest at the time um, and had been been penetrated in some way. And so they, they it's it's really not clear who that was from. And it's it's uh, quite disturbing to contemplate. I, I, I feel like we've seen glimpses of it in this season. He's, he's a lot more doved up in this season than he was in previous seasons. He'll say things like, what did he say in the finale? Um, um, he was talking about this woman that he was on a date with and he was saying it was it was it felt very special and I really enjoyed her company and, and it was nice to hold her hand, but I really just feel like something special might develop between us. And it's like, it didn't make any sense for him to say, but there, you know, so I, I, I do feel like there are times where he's crying for help. He seemed to do it like a, the domestic violence hand signal. I pulled it out of the episode in season seven at one point where he just literally held his hand up, put his thumb over it, and put his fingers over his thumb in a very deliberate kind of motion. So I, I, I do believe that there's he's he's trying to call for help in the way that he can, but I also feel like he knows that he can't like just ask for help because he 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 doesn't know like his his he's he's presumably needing to dilate this thing like at least once a day, sometimes more than once a day. It's it's a painful and time consuming process, and so he's being repeatedly traumatized daily doing this this ritual assuming he's still doing it but if he's not doing it then the problem is that that they it, it scars and it kind of can shrink up and you can get you can get strictures and then you have a, a moist warm pocket that has no mechanism to self-clean the way that a vagina does and then you get infections and then the infections go in the urethra and then it can spread and get sepsis as one of another person i covered ruby fiera experienced and nearly died from but it's it's just it's a, it's, it's kind of a time bomb so you want to you want to keep it open enough to be able to clean it but but that process is painful you're listening to savage minds and we hope you're enjoying the show please consider subscribing We don't accept any money from corporate or commercial sponsors, and we depend upon listeners and readers just like you. Now, back to our show. Is Jazz showing at all that he buys his own bullshit? It's like what I say all the time about this narrative. Women don't run around saying, I'm a real woman. Oh, I have my vagina today. Like you and I, we haven't yet <laughs> talked about our vaginas, have we? My vagina this morning. Can I tell you what it told me? Like, who does that? <laughs> and it's like, there's great fetishism. It almost reminds me of what happens with the uh, Tampax commercials. Like, you know how they're not real? Like how women in stores don't run around in white pants when they're going Mm -hmm. to buy emergency stock of Tampax and they say to the woman, what brand should I get? Like people don't do that. I have actually stopped people in aisles. I asked them what kind of rice or what kind of this. Feminine products, it's no, like we don't do that. We're embarrassed even just to go to the- it's taboo. Yeah. So are there moments when Jazz shows that he absolutely knows he's a man? I mean, well, you already brought up the one where he said like, uh, uh, now that I'm a real woman, because he got the vaginoplasty. you know, there's there's moments where he's he's a, aware of the fact that sex is real. Like they go on a speed dating event, and um, Jazz talks about how he felt more attracted to the women at the event than the men. 
And then he corrects himself and says, well, the, the people who were presenting as women, it's like, so he, 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 he clearly is understanding of the fact that sex is real, but it's, he's, he's been so coached to um, expect rejection. And I, I comment on it too, at times where, where you can see the mother just rejecting him for no reason. And that, that's part of the coaching, but, but he's told like most people don't accept trans people. And so it's going to be a really, really unlikely thing that you'll find someone who accepts you. And they were, they were doing that stuff way back in season one. I've, I've started to go back to season one and, and, and start the process of doing reaction videos to that. But it's just, it's uh, so that I can do some comparison of, of these long-term narratives uh, that have been push, pushed on him. Well, yes. And the narrative, what you just said about they'll never accept you. That was the premise for transitioning, and it's still the premise, even though he has, quote unquote, fake transitioned. They've made him a a medical patient for life, and they've also Mm -hmm. made him, in, in, in making this castrato, they have created someone who, of course, will never be accepted because castrati were never really accepted. Historically, they were never part of the cultural fold. They were not. Right. They were always a tool of the powerful. Yeah, and he's 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 mocked relentless, relentlessly by his family. They had one episode in season seven where um, uh, Sander like put a piece of food on his head, and then and then kept filming. Like it was just it was just like very low grade bullying. Basic, I think, is what the kids call it. But um, you know, he's been rejected by his family. He was coached to reject himself. His doctors rejected him, and 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 then they dramatized the rejection by cutting him, by ritualistically castrating him. Uh, and and now now he has to go through life uh, as a person with a severe disability, and people who have disabilities can have a really difficult time connecting with people without disabilities. So it's like another level of rejection. And he just is is taught that you know he's he's on the verge of suicide too, which is is kind of the ultimate rejection of self is to is is to self harm and 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 uh, end your life. So it's just like it's it's all just a big dramatization of like you're not acceptable. Have they touched much upon suicide in this show, aside from the obvious threats that they use about parents? If you don't do this, your child will kill himself or herself. I don't think anyone in his orbit has attempted or, or completed that that I've I've come across in the show. But like I said, they're, they're, I haven't watched every single episode yet because there's just so much to watch. And I want to uh, document the progress of watching it as I go. Um, so, so it's kind of slow going. But um, this season, they started talking about the narrative that if he hadn't been allowed to transition at 11, he would have ended his life. Well, he didn't have a diagnosis of gender of uh, depression or anxiety, according to them, until after the puberty blocker started, until after the estrogen started. And so that all happened like at 11 and 12. Um, I believe the estrogen started at 12. But the, the puberty blocker was definitely at 11 because he went on 2020 and, and they filmed it. They filmed putting it in uh, and hadn't talked about how it didn't hurt as much as he thought. Uh, and so in this, this last season, they talked about how he, he had the mental health issues starting at 12. So after the puberty blocker, uh, but it was totally unrelated. It was completely unrelated, except also the progesterone made it worse. So we had to take him off the progesterone. It's like, they know, they know that these hormones were playing an effect, but they, 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 they had this commitment to effectively breeding him like a dog to look a certain way. And they didn't care about the ultimate effect on him. As long as he survived the experiments long enough to be exploited and used. Um, but it, it, it's, it's just, it's just really disgusting. So they, and, and in this episode also, they kind of, Jeanette was talking about how he would have ended his life and jazz looked like he was either slurring his words and didn't was checked out. Or at one point he actually like, he's like, 
you know, I, I, I love you so much. And, you know, I, I definitely needed to do this or something to that effect. And he like slaps his, his leg in, in a way that I, I commented, looked like a rage slap. It looked like his true self needed to express itself, but he, he had to say something else. Well, there's the paradox. I was talking to someone yesterday who loves your show and she said something that it's quite true. She said, it's odd, isn't it? That the way Jazz dressed, he doesn't dress like a woman of his age. He dresses like a middle-aged woman. Mm. And he was a pretty straight boy, groomed largely by his mother, with a controlling mother and family. Now that the kids are all adult, they are collectively grooming him in a way that's quite creepy. I mean, even his brother Xander's behavior is just like, what the fuck? When he says mm -hmm. he keeps repeating some very sexual comments to his brother, it's weird. And then there was that episode where you make great references to TV that I've never seen. I, I didn't watch TV before 2007, but you make a mm -hmm. reference to when they're making dinner. And then there was a reference, I think, because of, of ketchup and pasta to Honey Boo Boo. And then you share the clip from that. And I find it quite amazing how you're able to tease into the show all these cultural references that Jazz Jennings show itself is referring to with TLC promoting this series of tortures mm. on a young man as embracing difference. This is one of the themes that comes up all the time. Jazz talks about it because he's a walking memorized cue card. Many of the times we're watching him, his grandparents looking on as he's talking about, well, people have to embrace difference and reading out the, the transphobic dating app responses. Well, yeah, people are going to have a reaction to someone who's mutilated their body. One thing that never comes up in the whole transphobia discourse, uh, it's not that lesbians don't want to just date men. I mean, a lot of people just don't want to date anyone who's had severe surgery. I wouldn't want to date someone no. who had their sexual organs voluntarily removed because of course I would leap to I might be wrong here, but I would leap to the conclusion that they have mental health issues, right? And that's never covered because of, of course, that narrative is based upon it's transphobic to suggest we have mental health issues. Right. Yes. It's, it's gone from being a mental illness to, to being proof of society being mean to you. Like you're, you're, you're not sick. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be like this. It's everyone else's fault that you have this preoccupation and this problem. It's a complete abuse and manipulation of people who have illness. We need, we need to get, get real about the fact that they have a problem and it's not anybody else's problem, but theirs. And it may have been caused by their past experiences, but that doesn't mean it's not a you problem you have to deal with and that you can overcome. If you actually go and do the work, you actually have to go and sit in the therapist's office and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and wait for time to pass and find out that, no, you're not actually about to kill yourself anymore. Like you've actually gotten through it because, because a lot of, a lot of the preoccupation with suicide is, is kind of the, the, for some people, it's the fear that you're about to do it. And so you can't stop thinking about how you really want to do it. And then and you feel out of control. So it's like, for so many reasons, like they just, they actually need real mental health care, but there's this idea that if, that if it's not your fault, you're sick, that you're not really sick in some way. It's, it's bizarre. It doesn't matter if somebody else stabbed you, you now have a cut, you have to get stitches. We're seeing a real disconnect from the traditional left. I put that in air quotes because I always have to put left in air quotes when I speak about American left because the left is, is gone. It's left. The left has left. Yes, I say I, I was I was on the left until the left. Well, yes, left yes, me. that's yes. I've heard this. I love this expression, and and so you've got people like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's used all the time by these woke feminists who say, "Oh, well, I wouldn't go on Fox News because she was there." But holy shit, if it weren't for Fox News, 
and it weren't for the likes of Megyn Kelly, our voices would be nowhere. And I know this because I started journalism in 2010 when I started writing about this this issue, investigating it from 2012 onward. I found the only places outside of Counterpunch that was still taking pieces then on this, aside from Counterpunch, no one would touch it with a barge pole. And the reason being is they already were schooled to say this is transphobic, this is discriminatory. And I'm, I, I just was appalled. And then I found myself having to publish in right of center media, including places that I had serious yeah, ethical dile dilemmas with, like, no way would I have done that. But I felt like the choice was human rights or purity politics. Now, the choice is clear. H purity politics have no place when you're talking about human rights. And there's a reason for this. And and I get very angry with the woke feminists who, you know, the optic feminists, I call them. Uh, I don't worry about how people see me. I worry about how people will see a generation of mutilated teenage girls who grow into womanhood and may very well commit suicide because of the horror that they have realized that was perpetrated upon them, not only by society, media, a medical industry, a pharmaceutical industry, but their own family. These are serious issues that we cannot start drawing the line of left and right on. What I love about your show as well is you don't even touch this shit. Uh, you just go right into the narrative itself, including your stint at the Boston Children's Hospital. And I'm wondering if you could talk about that, because that's an interesting episode that you had. It was about a year ago, correct? Yeah. So somebody sent me a panel that, that I, I believe was uh, either like a Facebook Live or some kind of live event where people were able to participate and ask questions in the moment. And it was a panel of five people at Boston Children's Hospital um, most of which were also featured, possibly all of which are also featured on those infamous videos um, that were then taken down from the website. They talked about the gender affirming hysterectomy that then they, they tried to pretend that that didn't exist. And so, so uh, uh, Billboard Chris, uh, who's uh, on Twitter, um, regularly retweets those. Uh, ones that have uh, them talking from a very colorful backgrounds. But so I, I, I had this one that was uh, filmed by some a viewer who, who sent it to me. And so I, I just react to it. And it's, um, I believe it's, it's, it's uh, two psychologists and a gynecologist and um, possibly two gynecologists and then, and then a surgeon. Uh, and, and they're just talking about how the money is so good and, and, and the profits are soaring and, and the demand is so is going crazy. And they're just propounding, in, in addition to being very clearly excited by the fact that they're talking about adolescents and, and their genitals in, in a very disturbing way. Like I, I, I have, I have a very visceral reaction when I realize that I'm talking to a pedophile or interacting with, with somebody who's, who's like that. I just, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just, I, I just want to fight <laughs> in a way. I just, it just get a vibe and I, I can't, I can't cope with it. I'm a very, very sensitive person to some things. And so, um, it was just disturbing. And, and so this, this, uh, this doctor was, was going on about how, um, the testosterone would cause like vaginal atrophy, um, and, and other reproductive harm to the girls that were getting this, this, uh, done to them. Um, but, um, it's okay because, you know, we have estrogen cream that they can put on, on their, their genitals to try to like counteract that. So it's like, okay, so we're, we're roiding them out systemically and then we're going to put cream on them locally. I'm just going to like, hope that it balances out. Like this is obviously experimental. And then she goes on to say this absurd theory that the testosterone would aromatize in, in, in the, the reproductive tract into estrogen, which is something that, you know, it happens. <laughs> testosterone does aromatize to estrogen, but not all tissues are supposed to do that. 
Right, right. And actually, right. If, if your endometrium is aromatizing testosterone into estrogen, it's probably cancer. That's that's what uh, endometrium is is not, which is what 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 you menstruate out every month. You know, they've they've done um, histological examinations that uh, I, I do a, have a series called Literature Review where I just read through relevant literature and, and discuss it uh, in a video and try to break it down into simple terms. Um, where where they took, uh, I think they had twelve. Uh, uh, trans identifying females who were on testosterone for five years and then got a hysterectomy and oophorectomy and then they, they dissected them to see what they would find. And, you know, what they found was that if you give testosterone to reproductive age women, it actually had very uh, unpredictable effects that were very different from what they expected because it's different. M- most of the data had come from postmenopausal women who were given testosterone for, for other reasons. And so in a postmenopausal woman, it may cause atrophy, but in these women, it actually was causing a lot of hypertrophy. So it was causing overgrowth of certain structures. It caused fibroids in 58% of them um, after just a few years. So, so there's a reason that there's all this pain and need to get them removed. Uh, it caused um, excessive scarring in, in the ovaries. Uh, and then it also was, there was evidence that the endometrium had because of the exposure to testosterone, which is a carcinogen, had developed the capacity to produce aromatase that had been turned on when normally it's turned off. And it was actually, it was aromatizing to estrogen. So this freaking quack doctor is like, well, problem solved. We don't even need to give them estrogen cream. We'll just ride them out. And it's like the level of, of, of granularity and their model of how all this works, it just makes me want to scream. I mean, I just want to give them Play-Doh and tell them to go over there and, and, and don't hurt anybody else. Like they're just so incompetent. And so I, I get into that as it's, it's a, um, I, I put all the pieces together into a two hour length film um, version kind of where, where it's, uh, I, I broke it up into 15 minute increments because I got so angry watching it that I, I literally couldn't even sit through it for longer than that. And I had to <laughs> keep taking breaks and going back to it the next day. Um, but I, I do recommend watching uh, part eight as separately from, from the two hour one, because it, it's got a whole, whole segment at the end that I, I had fun editing where it's um, gen, gender Jesus breaks us out of, uh, out of Boston children's hell, which is the name of the this show. And then, and then fly, flies off into space. <laughs> and who is running this? Do you think, I mean, where's the money? Is it just about the medical industry and money and pharma as per much of the research of Jennifer Billick, or is this about something more? Is this about my theory is that capitalism is driving this, not just those entities, but the whole model of neoliberalism, not being able to create jobs, not being able to create better education, more housing, the ability for everyone to get on the housing ladder, let's say the ability for everyone to eat and not have to worry about a choice between having children or being poor or whatnot. And uh, the fact is that I think this is a lot about just sloganizing Americans into believing words other than facts, because it's much easier Mm -hmm. to say, uh, I'm trans friendly, uh, here are my pronouns, than actually have a job that produces housing. Right? Yeah, I I, I think that there's, there's so many layers to this, obviously, there's there's the profit driven um, pharmaceutical and surgical industries. Um, there's, I also think that there, there's a contingent of, uh, you know, the transhumanists who, who want to, um, have a willing population of people that that can be experimented on and that those experiments may benefit people who are older and have body parts removed for reasons of cancer things like that. And so they, they want, they want the surgeons to have perfected these experiments on, on other people before they move on to them. And so I, I think that also that there's, um, eugenics is a big part of it. They're getting people to volunteer to be sterilized and, and it's on the basis of having an illness and they're being told it's, you're not really sick. 
you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a, a perverse gender Tuskegee where, where they know that they're sick, but they're lying to them about whether they're sick in order to study them. And also in this case, sterilize them. So they, they, they want to get rid of the people who have the traits that manifest as having these illnesses that they know are illnesses. They know. That's the thing is, is they absolutely know that this is an illness that these people have, that they, that could, they could be treated. Right. Well, that's the irony is that for a very small percentage, there's an illness, but then they've allowed it on purpose to be conflated with a larger cultural contagion. Mm -hmm. And therefore, when I talked earlier about that ship turning around, I don't think that it's going to be productive or helpful for those who are actually this, I don't like to say gender dysphoria, because I really can't stand that term, but those who have body dysmorphia will be hurt. I think what needs to happen is that clinicians and people who actually do contribute to the DSM, they need to redraft that chapter from it was just changed from gender identity disorder to gender dysphoria we need to take gender out and this needs to be addressed in the same way that anorexia or bulimia address these are serious conditions that need to be addressed but we need to stop mm -hmm. basing them on a a theoretical symptom of misogyny and that's all this is if i said the other week on twitter i said if misogyny didn't exist gender dysphoria wouldn't exist i just i just feel like it's it's fundamentally you know it's, it's a rejection of self um, and, or it's envy of others. Um, and, and both of those things are rooted in deeper issues and any competent psychologist should be aware of that and should be able to help them. But instead they, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's, they, they want to screech about how, how dare the legislature ban, um, medical interventions that's between a doctor and a patient and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but then they'll turn around and try to ban conversion therapy. I'm sorry. I, th I thought that it was between the doctor and the patient. Is, is it not? So they're, they're complete hypocrites on that front. Yes. Uh, and well, the hypocrisy goes throughout because uh, it also depends on where you are. Is it an illness or not? If you talk to certain activists, it's not an illness. It should be removed entirely from the DSM. But then who's going to pay for these hormones? Right, exactly. So they have to keep up the fiction that, that the, the lack of interventions is, is, is causing this massive disappointment that, that like they're just... They just naturally are like identifying as the other sex and it's, that's not the illness, but the illness is that they're disappointed they can't transition. And so, so they're going to, they're going to like die. I call it feelings cancer. And so we need to cut out the feelings cancer before it spreads or else they'll die. And that's what's justifying all these barbaric interventions. And it's like all the propaganda about how this has existed for thousands of years. And, you know, colonizers, colonizers are the ones that came over and, and, and told native Americans that, that there's only male and female and they had no conception of man or woman before colonizers got here because they had a conception of man, woman, and a third option. It's like, it's just completely incoherent and false, obviously, but it's, it's, uh, um, we know from the historical record that colonizers came over. They saw that, that a lot of cultures were matriarchal and they imposed patriarchy through various mechanisms. So it's, just, <laughs> you know, yes. obviously you can't have a matriarchy if you don't know who the women are. Well, yes, I, I find that so funny because this is this idea that I love it when they go off and say some figure that was like in 5 BC was trans and I shake my <laughs> head. I'm just like, you guys are so embarrassing. Like I'm embarrassed mm -hmm. that one day in a million years, someone's going to dig up our bones and lob me in with those morons. Please no, <laughs> you yeah. know? It's, it's, it's completely absurd how, how, how they want to, um, they call it head cannoning where they go back and, and they say, they say like Jesus was transgender, or, 
you know, Mary Magdalene was a trans man or just, just all this, all this nonsense. Like you're just in fantasy land. Just wake up. I, I'm, I'm tired of entertaining with these fantasies that are not reality. Yeah, no, it's it's very distressing where we're living in. I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Aside from this issue, before we started recording, we talked about lockdown. And, and similar to lockdown, these are, again, fake science enters the room. People lockstep with that shit. And right. a, a good number of gender critical women I saw online, neoliberal women who have, you know, they, they speak uh, they speak well of Hillary Clinton, which is another head shaker. And I'm like, what in the, f no, but Not seriously. Not a hill yeah. dog. Oh, well, no. I mean, after what she did in Honduras, I mean, she's directly responsible for the rapes of, of many women there. And there wow. are serious problems with the way in which people are not looking at media objectively. And when I say that, I, I mean, you do not just watch MSNBC or the New York Times or read the Atlantic or the New York Times. You need to really take in a vast array of media and you need to be critical about what's happening here because right. people are completely unaware that the New York Times and Glenn Greenwald has been going off on this for months, but it's it's a fact. Since 9-11, the New York Times has been the spokesperson for the Pentagon and the Department of Justice and many other entities of the US government. It was the major actor, along with Jeffrey Goldberg, who's now the editor of The Atlantic, but you had Judith Miller at the New York Times. Between Goldberg and Miller, we had the global war on terror served to us on a platter. It was a lie. Both of their articles lies. There were several by Goldberg, but there was one primary one by him and one primary one by Miller that led us into that war. We're living in an era post 9-11 of just lies are truth. The same thing with the lockdown, the same thing with the mass, the social distancing, all these things that are now being shown to be faked that they were lies too. So all that hype about the Great Barrington Declarants being anti-science, actually what they said was not only science, it was until the global pandemic, that was the backup plan for the US government. It was that, it was the targeted protection, not locking down the entire population. And so I find there are a lot of crossovers between gender ideology and the way it was embraced so easily by a sycophantic public and the same thing with lockdown. And it's disturbing to me because it's almost always the people who have salaries coming in every week from their jobs or every month, they had no problems pushing for lockdown. But the rest of us who were starving, they didn't want to hear us. And yes, there were lies lost and there are now many lies lost because of the, um, the fact of mental health breakdowns that are occurring in rapid numbers. There's so many mental health cases in the EU that many countries have had to introduce psychological support free. Which I, you know, they should just have people, people should just have access to that kind of support because it, it really does eliminate a lot of other problems. If you have somewhere you can go and you can talk it out with them and be like, I feel, I'm ha having all these feelings right now. Whereas if you just leave someone alone with it, they're just, it's just re self-reinforcing and it builds and builds until they try to act on it because they want to make it stop and they don't know any other way. Like so many people just lack insight into really basic facts about how we work as, as animals, as, as organisms. And, and, and if they had that insight, they would be able to reflect on, on their patterns better, but they're just so enmeshed and, and entrenched in the patterns themselves because they, they're, they're at this level of, uh, I think it's Kierkegaard, either Kierkegaard or Hegel would say that they're in lower immediacy and they need, they need to go through a period of mediation so that they can recognize that they might have these thought loops they get caught in, but, but they don't have to act on them. And that's not the way to get out of them. 
it's interesting you mentioned Kierkegaard because there is a lot to this bad faith, well, he calls it a leap of faith that we must take in order to fall into the credulity of wanting to believe. And I find that we are caught up in bad faith all around. Yet, like you see it on the Judge Jennings reality show where they're talking at each other and you can tell they're just lip syncing like someone else's lines. They're not even believing what they're saying. It's, it's um, the, There was an interaction where, where they were looking at old family photos with, with Jazz and the grandma and, and Grandma Jackie and, and she was like, well, you're the writer of your own story. And, and just the look on Jazz's face, just like, no, no, I'm goddamn not. No, stop lying to me. It just just this forces out this kind of meek, like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just have to figure it out. Yeah. And the grandparents, what's their role in this? Are they supposed to be selling the older generation, the baby boomers on this? I mean, yeah, yeah, I guess so. And, and just just, to, you know, they, they had them participate in the drag show, too. And so they had they had this like 80 year old man dress up in, in a really skimpy drag outfit and dance for dollar bills in front of his own family. Just deranged. How many episodes now so far have you done on the show? Because I have to go back and catch up. I have a playlist. I've done all of season eight, which was six episodes. Um, season seven, I think I had 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 more episodes in it, um, but I didn't do the finale episode because I got I got banned and was distracted by being doxxed and <laughs> like harassed by a bunch of people who were mad about something I said. Um, anyway, so so that that was that was fun. Um, but uh, I've been mean to go back to that finale too. And um, then I've done several more episodes that were, are just on bits and pieces of the earlier show, like the surgery episode. There's, I have one called the blood blister, blood blister burst. So I think it's about 19 or 20 so far are, are on the playlist. And then also his earlier shows where he, he goes and talks to 2020, went to talk to some Australian news crew. He talked to Dr. Drew at one point. I mean, it was just kind of the same thing. I think he was, he was, uh, it was shortly after he started the puberty blockers. Um, and I, I, he, he seems to have something called like tardive dyskinesia, which is where you have these involuntary mouth movements that are, that are kind of repetitive and they tend to be like grimacing or sticking your tongue out. Um, and I've, I've seen that also on another person who was put on estrogen as, as a teenager um, who's, who's recently gone viral. I actually reached out to him and was like, do you realize that you're doing this? Cause you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I'm a speech pathologist. And so like, that's, that's something that we're aware of and notice sometimes, although I can't diagnose that particular condition. I can just observe that it's, possible that that's that those don't seem to be voluntary speech movements um anyway so so i, I do wonder whether whether uh, some of those interventions um affected him in that way or or whether it was uh, they can also be a side effect of various psychiatric medications but um it doesn't seem to be something that's that's acknowledged and you, you can see it like way back even then and it's interesting because your analysis being from a speech pathology background, you're able to see all this stuff. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. You you also pull this up in your show quite a bit. It's almost like in a way you're able to call bullshit. Like you can tell from your training what's a lie. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm perceptive in that. You know, I I, I work with, with uh, people who have sometimes minimal language. And, and so I'm very, very sensitive to body movements and gestures. And because and, a lot of times, you know, when you're when you're planning your speech, it, it kind of starts as motion and then it gets translated into words, if that makes sense. So like you, you can kind of see when somebody doesn't have the words anymore, what they still meant to say. And then and then and then kind of just just from how they move, it's it's uh, but yeah, no. So so uh, um, because of that training and, and, and my own curiosity, I'm just very aware of a lot of um, problems that can result from uh, abnormal brain development, 
uh, as as well as brain damage from um, various various sources. You know, they had an episode where he fell flat on his face, uh, really hard, um, and and everyone just stood around filming it. Nobody rushed over to see if he was okay. That was in season seven, and it was just it was just it was like a Black Mirror episode. They they just laughed at him like it was awful, and he he didn't even like put his hands up really he just kind of like just went straight down because he was he was also in um, like skis it was like indoor skiing so he, he he just couldn't catch himself i didn't see that episode but it's almost as if we could describe the whole reality tv show as him falling on his face or being pushed on his face more directly have there been any episodes where the parents have been directly challenged by anyone from the outside i mean there was that moment when he's reading out Again, your parents should be arrested. This is child abuse, right? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they they must be more and more aware of it because, like, uh, um, Sander posted something to to, to Twitter like yesterday or the day before, and he he just got absolutely ratioed. Every single comment was like, "Your brother's being abused." <laughs> like, there was like no supportive comments, even though they, it was seen like 1.7 million times, I believe, maybe off by decimal, but it was seen it was seen a very large number of times, and just every single comment was critical. Being like, we know that we know that you wouldn't actually like like bringing up the episode. He had an episode where where he was trying to date a trans woman, and he's he's obviously super straight. Like he's he's extremely heterosexual, and was even talking about like how like I don't know if I could if I could be with someone who didn't have a vagina. And uh, they just kept trying to set him up with this like gigantic trans woman who was who was like like it clearly terrified him the thought who was intact also, and was talking about how how he didn't like um he was he was a size queen. So he needed to be with someone who was bigger than him. And he's just like this, this like 80% larger than Sander. And just like, I mean, it's just, so, so Sander, Sander is a victim too of, of, of this show's um, need to, to, to be sexually exploitive and abusive. But he also is, is a, a perpetrator against jazz in my opinion, but his, his, his whole life was completely destroyed too. Yeah. Well, I mean, what is his purpose now? He seems to be a production arm at this point. Right. Um, so he's, he's a, that that seems to be his plan for his career is to just kind of corral jazz and, and um, make social media content about about the trans trans rights. Yeah, what a great end game that is! And who sponsors this show? Well, well, the the it's on TLC, which I think used to mean the Learning Channel, but I think they changed the the acro- what the acronym means, but I can't remember what it what it stands for now. Yeah, it is it is it is a disturbing question because like TLC has has had other shows too that were. Um, enabling sexually abusive situations like honey boo boo here comes honey boo boo i'm not sure if you know the backstory on that not completely i know you said there was sexual exploitation there so honey boo boo's boyfriend was like i think caught molesting them and and or, and or was accused of it and I, and I believe he might have even had a previous con- uh, conviction for it i could look it up but but it went on for a while because it was on the show yeah the honey boo boo star says she was molested by mama june's ex and and it was it was something that was um Oh, and I guess Honey Boo Boo's mom also was uh, involved with with two different like child sex offenders, exposing her her children to these people. One of whom was victimized. It's amazing how much of the surgery because of the TLC program became this way of just like lockdown. Everyone suddenly became an expert. Everyone suddenly knew what was best for jazz. And you're watching meant you knew what was best for jazz. And yet just by watching, I'm having to watch to write about it sometimes. But the fact is, is that it's the most disturbing watch. So people who are actually participating on this, becoming many overnight trans doctors, trans specialists, healthcare specialists, they are chiming in on just a pile of bullshit, largely spun by Jeanette. 
and a few of the exploitative doctors on camera. She groomed him to be this surgical experiment, this, this hormonal experiment, so that she could keep having a reason to keep going to doctors and getting attention for herself as the good mother. She's like in with the doctors half the time. And while, while Jazz is like, yeah, no, I've never had a sexual sensation. I'm, I'm 16, almost 17. I've never, never had an orgasm. It just, it's just not developing. And then, and then they cut to Marcy Bowers talking about like, yeah, well, you know, if they, if they could orgasm before the surgery, then there's a good chance they could orgasm afterwards. But if they can't, then, then there's less of a chance, but you know, full steam ahead. They did it anyway. That's, that's the thing about development is once the critical developmental window is closed, you don't get to open it again. And there's a critical developmental window for sexual development and these puberty blockers, they're not blocking the one, one sex hormone and then switching to the other. It's not that simple. There's, there's intervening hormones between what the puberty blocker is acting on and then the production of sex hormones by the gonads. There's other messenger sig- signaling that happens between the brain and the gonads. And those signals do other things in the body and other things in the nervous system. And so those are not being replaced. They're just, they're cutting out that step and then giving them the cross sex hormones to, to cause the cosmetic changes. I believe that those hormones are likely very essential for the development of proper sexual function in your nervous system. And then additionally, we know that they're implicated in Alzheimer's or the, the dysregulation of the, one of them luteinizing hormones specifically has been implicated in the development of Alzheimer's. And um, somebody tried to say, well, well, yeah, but it's implicated if the levels are abnormally high. Well, if you stunt the development of the brain, normal levels become abnormally high. It's, it's, it's a ratio thing. So it's, it's, we're setting them up. And we know, we know that people who have a, a biological version of, of what they're doing with the puberty blockers called Kalman syndrome, that they're also more prone to motor disorders. And whatever's going on with Jazz's mouth looks like a motor disorder. So it's just, there's, there's so many levels of this. What do you mean with his mouth? What does he do with his mouth? He's got all these, these uh, kind of regular involuntary movements that he can kind of suppress when he's repeating lines. But otherwise, like I've, I've made videos pointing it out, like his jaw will just drop open or he'll just kind of randomly grimace in the middle of talking. And he usually looks embarrassed when it happens, but it, but it kind of happens regularly. It's, it's the thing I mentioned, like tardive dyskinesia. It's, it's caused uh, by, it's, it's a movement disorder. So they have involuntary movements. They may, they may like their tongue may just randomly protrude from their mouth. It can be tr- induced by, by psychiatric medications um, that, that ha- act on the motor system, which is, you know, a lot of them, but like antidepressants, especially are the, are the classic ones, but you can also get this problem from, from other developmental problems. You can get it from brain injury. So I don't, I don't know exactly what's causing it in his case. And I can't diagnose him. If he's just randomly sitting there and his jaw drops open and, and, or he randomly grimaces, you can tell when it fits with what he's saying and when it doesn't. And it's just been this, this long-term pervasive thing that does not seem to be voluntary or related to speech or swallowing. If you Google it, you'll see like the six things that, that and you, the, there's, there's uh, um, uh, GIFs online um, demonstrating them, the movements that are associated with, with that mo- movement is disorder. This is just amazing, though, that nobody has picked up on this. They're worried about cutting off his bits, but not worried about serious disorders, right? Yeah. In, in my opinion, although it obviously would set him up for a lot of problems, it would be kinder of them to just remove the gonads and otherwise let the puberty block processes go normally. But by messing with the brain, they can sell this fantasy idea that it's reversible. It's absurd. It's not reversible. 
Obviously, the, his development was truncated, not just in terms of sexual function, but in terms of motor skills that come about because of having testosterone in your body. That Testosterone and the other hormones too. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And taking yeah. these replacement hormones, it's not the same thing as the natural hormones, is it? No. And, you know, for instance, women's bodies have, have cyclical exposures to progesterone and estrogen. Um, we don't, we don't just have it on full blast all the time at the same dose from an implant. It's not the same. Um, and, and, uh, on top of that, we, you know, fetuses go through a mini, a mini puberty period of it's called a hypothalamus pituitary gonadal activation, HPG axis. And uh, infants also go through a mini puberty that's sex specific. And then we have the adolescent period. So by the time jazz was put on the puberty blockers, he'd already gone through several layers of this and he had not gone through the female version because he's a male. Um, so, so they're, they're, we're just messing around. We don't know what we're doing. It's absurd. And I, I, I really do feel like they are very close to trying to do this to infants to stop the mini puberty of infancy because of their delusional idea that you can tell that a baby is trans from birth, which I've heard a lot of these freaking doctors with W path say that the parents knew from the, from the, from the moment the child was born, they were trans. Why wouldn't they try to give puberty <laughs> blockers to infants? Why? Why wouldn't they try to do it to fetuses? Boston Children's Hospital got caught saying that they, they, they were trans from the womb. It's like they're delusional and they want to hurt kids. And they're coming up with wild stories for why it's okay. Because that's what they want to do. Because they're sick. To be very blunt, in my opinion of those people at Boston Children's Health. Straight to jail. There seems to be a huge aporia in social services where they skip over these people because most everyone who's going to go there, they're not going to be poor. They're not going to be coming from the ghetto. These are going to be affluent white people. Yeah, I mean, I, I've definitely seen it, gotten, gotten a, um, an interesting cross-section in some of the videos of uh, surgeries. Um, but but certainly, uh, you know, the more comfortable you are, the easier it is to think that that doing these ridiculous things is not going to end poorly. You know, you, you have to have some sort of confidence that if things start to go awry, that, that medicine will be there to fix it. You know, so, so you, you have to be fairly healthy. People in your orbit have to be fairly healthy and you have to have experiential reasons to trust the medical establishment. And so, so yeah, that does, that does narrow the field of people that might volunteer for this. There are cases they love to use the black trans women as their spokespersons because they know that if anyone criticizes them, they'll come back with racist. It's a very clever technique, but we see through it now. We know that Laverne Cox is a man. We know that the people that they highlight in the magazine articles, it's phenomenal. They'll go after the same two black men. And mm -hmm. they'll, of course, not point to the fact that the vast majority of people getting these surgeries and medical interventions and who are profiting from the lobby are often you know, white men and now white women. But it's, it's about an upper class issue. It's an upper class produced discourse and it's affecting the upper classes more so. Sure, there are exceptions to this, but overwhelmingly who can afford even to take time like, look at what Jess Jennings has gone through, but his entire family as well. It's And it's not just because of the show. Uh, when you read family stories about these interventions, it stops their lives for many, many, many months. Mm. Yeah, or, or just, just kind of indefinitely. Where do you see this heading? Do you see a change on the horizon, not just on the Jess Jennings show? Has it lost viewers? Is there more criticism of it within mainstream media? They were on the embrace initially, remember? 
Uh, I, I, I do think that there's been more criticism recently in mainstream media. I mentioned the clip from Mr. Ninja Turtle kind of went viral on, on right-wing media, at least. Um, so, so a clip from it that included me was featured in Breitbart. Uh, Matt Walsh then cited the Breitbart article, but he edited me out when he used the clip um, that I was responding to. Uh, so that was a little annoying. <laughs> like, come on, it's just give me a shout out. I'm, I'm no threat to you, obviously. Much smaller, but you don't have to edit me out. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, but he he wants to push a narrative that that only can, only conservatives um, are are saying anything. So he doesn't want to call attention to feminists, even when he's directly like getting ideas from us. Um, what are you going to do? But I, I do think that, that things are starting to shift because it's just such an obvious thing. And so there's a reason that Republicans have been latching onto it is because if, if you can demonstrate that the Democrats are so viciously wrong about this one obvious thing, like any reasonable person would conclude, you know, what, what else is wrong? What else is, is screwy? In, in, in Pelosi's head, for instance, that, that, that they're they're enabling this. Like, how how can and I've I've been a yellow dog Democrat since I was able to vote. So like, I don't understand. I don't understand how any any reasonable person could look at this and think that this is a party that can be supported right now. And that that's bad because 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 a lot of their policies, you know, I think are objectively better. But we're going to end up with a single issue voter situation where where the people who are low information voters especially are going to see that like. You know, there's there's some very delusional people who are running the discourse in the Democratic Party who who want to be able to 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 enforce conformity to this these fantasy ideas of, of gender deities that must be prayed to or else or else the, they'll strike down the children. It's it's absurd. You know, so I I do think that there there the fact that it's going to be an election issue for the presidency uh, in the upcoming election uh, is going to do a lot to 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 bring it to the 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 light. And then, and then we'll have an actual real conversation about it as a nation and hopefully get past this because I, I just can't see it going on for much longer. It's, it's gone on for so long because people don't realize how awful it is, but it's going to get exposed. It can't not be exposed. It can't go on. It's got to stop or we're completely lost.